Big Rab Show podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice, with many bands around the world playing G1 products, including two-time world champions in Vararian District. So check out g1reads.com as they keep the lights on here on the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there, and welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. <laughs> How are you, folks? Are you all keeping well out there? I have to say, I'm feeling so much better now. Yes, my dose of the man flu is well and truly gone, and uh, I'm probably far too over-caffeinated for this week's episode. So if I am talking at a million miles an hour, you'll have to forgive me. And for those of you who are listening on 2X, because I do know some of you do, uh, you might need to wind it back a wee bit, because... Big Rab's on a flyer today, mate. You! Yeah, if this is your first ever Big Rab Show podcast, then you are very welcome. We are the show for the bagpiping folk, reflecting everything in the bagpiping world, be it Celtic music, folk music, or our bread and butter, which is competitive piping and drumming. And we actually have some competitive piping for you this week. Yeah. So, don't forget, like every other podcast out there, you can help support the show. We have a Patreon, where we have absolutely tons of extra content up there for you, where you guys can delve in and enjoy. There's just so much back there. We have catch-up episodes of our weekly Fuse FM Balamoney radio show. So, if you want two hours worth of a radio show in your pocket... Every week where you can download and listen, fast forward and rewind and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's available on our Patreon. So you get two hours worth of radio in your pocket every week. Plus you get all sorts of exclusive backstage stuff. Episodes of Big Rab Show Plus. There's exclusive interviews, video performances. There's things up there on Patreon. It's ridiculous. People keep asking me what's back there in the Patreon room. And I have to say, honestly, you have to experience it. It's just, there's too much to mention. <laughs> We're very proud of our Patreon uh, crowd over there, honestly. And the work that we put in on Patreon each week, it's yeah, it's a wealth of stuff back there. So be part of the Patreon faithful. Go and click on support. Every click really does mean the world to us here on the Big Rabs. Yo! Now, that being said, you don't have to click on support and be the, the Patreon faithful and all that. But it's appreciated at the same time. So we're not forcing you. So there you go. Right, let's move on with each and every Big Rab show. We always like to start each show with listener mail. And that email address is bigrabshow at gmail.com. Again, that email address, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Now, I have to say, our email has been quite busy with... Um, yeah, our beer tent event. It seems to be ramping up this last while. We've had a number of people actually contact the show following our podcast, talking all about the beer tent event that we're going to be running in August. Now, we made the announcement of the date of when it's happening and that we want you guys to be involved and you guys seem to be reaching out to us. Yeah, a lot of folks actually, uh, not just locally here in the UK, but also internationally as well, have reached out to us and offered all sorts of help and, you know... Yeah, the Beer Tent event has definitely taken shape. Uh, We're very excited for the upcoming Beer Tent event. We've told you this already, and no doubt you'll be sick of hearing us talk about it. But yeah, the Big Rab Show Beer Tent 2021 is on the way in August, and it's definitely taken shape. And that's probably the majority 
of this week's listener mail has all been about the beer tent event and uh, nobody wants their name put out there just yet so yeah thank you to everyone who has emailed in and all the rest so yes that's very much appreciated and um yeah we'll see you all in august for the beer tent event if you would like to be part of our beer tent event coming up in august then well you can go back and listen to the podcast where we did talk all about the beer tent and what we expect it to be and what we would like it to be uh, so yeah that plus there's a lot of information going up on patreon in the coming days where uh yeah you will get some exclusive backstagey stuff and the preparations of what we're doing for the beer tent so that's why i give patreon a good push this week yeah there'll be a lot of great content hitting patreon very soon including what we're hoping will be the first of many uh a bit of a zoom hangout and stuff with our patreon faithful so that'll be coming as well so there you go i can't keep the cat in the bag as they say always yeah spoil things but there you go these are all things that are coming to patreon in the near future that hopefully uh will be a great bit of crack actually we're really looking forward to that so yeah shout out to everyone who sent us in the listener mail about the beer tent now we also got some inquiries as well about some specialist episodes that we've been promising for a long time and i have to say we have not yet abandoned all hope whenever it comes to talking about that big topic sexism yes we're still looking at that old chestnut and yes we still have yet to be able to put together the episode if anything i do find that that's actually part of the story yeah it's taken us nearly well over a year since we've said that we would actually revisit this topic and actually produce a specialist episode on it and i find that it's been nigh on impossible and i think that that's actually yeah, it is part of the story. It's quite a curiosity as to why this has been so difficult. You know, why people are so reluctant to talk about this topic in the first place. And I do believe that is part of the story. So we may actually present this as part of our specialist episode. You know, the road that it's taken us to get here. <laughs> it's been well over a year's worth of planning and work to try and put this together. And it's still nowhere near ready. So, yeah, we think we should maybe present at warts and all where it is at the moment. And, uh, yeah, just let you guys know the difficulties that we have faced in trying to put this episode together. If that's something that you would be interested in, then definitely email us in. Let us know your opinions. BigRabShow at gmail.com. We always love hearing from you. Yeah. So, with that in mind, we have uh, very little else in the way of listener mail this week. And there's been no questions or queries for that matter. So, yeah, if you do have any comments at all, any, you know, questions or queries, like I said, send them in to us. Like I said, that email address, it'll be tattooed on your arm by now. You'll have memorized it. It's bigrabshow at gmail.com. Yeah, send us in your emails. We'd always love to hear from you. Moving on. Now, it's normally at this part of the show where we will bring you our one of our favourite features, actually, Weekly Drone. And I'm sure you guys out there really seem to enjoy Weekly Drone as well. Now, in recent podcasts, we have covered some big topic areas that we did think would draw in some Weekly Drones. But we found the total opposite. In fact, we haven't had any Weekly Drones at all. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know what's happened. The piping world seems to have gone very, very quiet on the weekly drone front. And that's not normal. Normally, the piping scene, there's normally somebody out there wants to have a good old moan and a complaint about something. So, yeah, there's your opportunity, guys. Go on to Weekly Drone and submit your 
moans and complaints on your drones. Yeah, thebigrabshow.com forward slash weekly drone. That's where it is. And you can do it completely anonymous. There's no identifying factors at all. And uh, yeah, submit it through that form on the webpage. And it's totally anonymous. Like I said, and yeah, well worth doing because all of your comments, your thoughts, everything will hit the air here on our podcast. Unless there's swearing and accusations that we can't stand over, that's where we'll draw the line. But yeah, send us in your weekly drones. We would love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, you'll get to hear the read out by Aaron as well, our voice of weekly drone. <laughs> Do you know, yeah, I, uh, it's another podcast where we don't have a weekly drone. I kind of miss Aaron not being on this week's episode, so... Yeah, shout out to our weekly vo- weekly drone voice man, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Aaron. But yeah, so we're going to have to get more weekly drones in, I think. Yeah, for sure. So send them in to us. BigRabShow.com forward slash weekly drone. Alrighty. Now, moving on from weekly drone, our next section of the show. Yeah, I think it's time for Word of the Week here on the Big Rab Show. Word of the Week here on the Big Rabsha Podcast. Struggle. Yes, the Word of the Week this week is struggle. And I think it's a word that we can all identify this past week. Uh, We have just seen photographs in that recently been published there by Chris Armstrong, pipe major of Scottish Power, where he has finally got the bagpipes out that haven't been out of the pipe box since about Christmas. And yeah, I think he kind of agreed with all of us in the piping scene that the struggle is very real. Having to cope with maintenance and actually dig those pipes out of the box for the first time in months. And uh, yeah, because we are starting to see the easing of various lockdown restrictions here, specifically in the UK, you know, and in Scotland as well. You know, we have seen that, you know, bands are able to hopefully start practicing together again, be it outdoors. And we're also starting to see the resumption of one-to-one lessons in some cases. So very positive times to be involved in the piping scene. We're starting to see a little bit of a resurgence and people starting to slowly gather themselves up again. But in that process of gathering themselves up, the struggle is very, very real, I have to say. There's so many folks, actually, that I've seen on social media who are just commenting about, oh my God, what's wrong with my pipes? <laughs> Why aren't these things working? Why can't I blow these bagpipes for longer than 10 minutes without being exhausted? So, yeah, I think a lot of folks out there are feeling the struggle right now. So... Bear with it, guys. You will get there. You'll get through this. And before you know it, we'll all be back on the grass again playing blistering tunes. Uh, but yeah, embrace the struggle is my advice, I suppose. Now, even for myself in my own playing, uh, I have lifted the sticks again after maybe a couple of months of not playing. And uh, it was all I could do to get through a set of six eights. My hands just would not move. I suppose for this last few months, I've been solely focusing on my bagpiping. I've been really focusing on, you know, practice and such. And, uh, you know, just when you think you're getting somewhere and you think, yeah, you know, I've nearly this whole tune learnt or whatever, you know, you're making progress in your playing. Then you would learn something new and it completely knocks you back from the beginning, you know, and you're like, oh, having to rewire your brain almost and learn it all over again. So, yeah, I don't know. The struggle 
is real. I've been experiencing it with my drumming, trying to get my hands to move the way they used to. I must be getting old now. But also in my bagpiping as well. You know, whenever I thought I was, you know, flying and fingers of flame and all the rest, and then finding that my coordination and catching noises and all sorts of things. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes the bagpipes are quite a humbling instrument, I find. Along with the drums, too. You know, they could just sit up and smack you in the teeth and go, Dad, you think you know it all, do you? <laughs> well, you know nothing. Sit down. <laughs> oh, but I've been really been enjoying the practice, and I've been enjoying my piping, too. Yeah, I've been really, really enjoying the, the struggle at the moment. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, some people have been asking me how my piping's going, and yeah, it's going well, you know, I'm continuing to have weekly lessons and stuff, and uh, just embracing the struggle, guys, I think that's where I am with the piping, so there you go. So, thanks for the questions, by the way, for that, so thank you guys. Alright, so that's Word of the Week this week is struggle, and yeah, just to let everyone know out there who's listening right now, we are all embracing that struggle, and I want you to do the same, there you are. Alright. Moving on. Now, this past number of shows, we have been promoting something in line with the Piper's Dojo. And yeah, we have been pointing you in that direction now for a number of shows. And we will continue to do so as long as this offer is available. So um, yeah, let's roll the promo. Do you ever feel frustrated or stuck with your piping? Despite your huge investment of time, energy, money and passion, you thought you'd be further along by now but you're struggling month after month, year after year to progress. Every piper deserves the feeling of true creative freedom every time they pick up their pipes. So why hasn't this happened for you? Why are you still stuck? At the Piper's Dojo, they've developed a step-by-step methodology called the Bagpipe Freedom Process that's proven to offer real solutions to get unstuck with your piping. For Big Rab Show listeners who'd like to try this process, we'd like to offer the Bagpipe Freedom Blueprint online course 100% free. The course is catered to your own individual strengths and weaknesses and offers a clear game plan to break free from bagpipe captivity. Whether your instrument just won't cooperate with you or your fingers are holding you back, clear-cut solutions lie ahead. To enroll in the Bagpipe Freedom Blueprint for free, simply visit dojouniversity.com forward slash bigrab or thebigrabshow.com forward slash dojo today. Ah, yes. Shout out to the Piper's Dojo. Quite an incredible promotion there, honestly. We do know a lot of you folks out there have took advantage of this. Uh, So thank you to those who have signed up and stuff. And the reason why we're saying thank you is because, yeah, you guys are now on the next step of your piping journey. This program is completely tailor-made. We can't recommend it enough. And it's just brilliant to be able to offer it to you guys completely for free. So, yeah, go and take advantage of it now. TheBigRabShow.com forward slash dojo. All right. Moving on. Right, let's get into some actual bagpiping news, shall we? The piping scene this last while has just been ablaze with all sorts of stuff happening. And uh, there's been new music releases, there's been new books and stuff. But this past weekend, of course, in the United States, there's been a couple of competitions. 
Yeah, some actual pipe band competitions. And I have to say, I was stupidly excited when I heard about these uh, a number of weeks ago, actually. And I was looking forward to all sorts of coverage and stuff. And uh, yeah, I was not disappointed. There was a lot of great performance video clips and stuff uploaded by both Wispaba and Yuspaba. And also the Atlanta Pipe Band, I think, went live as well for various different things and stuff. So there was a lot of content online from both of these competitions. I have to say it was fantastic. Living precariously through you guys in the U.S., actually seeing these competitions happening, it was very heartwarming. And uh, just succeeded in absolutely depressing me. And (laughs) I suddenly realized, God, I really missed this. Uh, Anyway... I'm not going to complain because I think it was such good news, actually. So we're going to start, actually, with the WISPABA, the Western United States Pipe Band Association. They had a competition there. Of course, the Grand Valley Highland Games. Now, everything kicked off on the Friday night where they had a Cayley. And Wasatch and District Pipe Band were actually performing at this. And I have to say, shout out to Wasatch. You guys were awesome absolutely brilliant and yeah really thoroughly enjoyed it there's a number of videos actually on the Wuspaba uh, Facebook page and social media accounts and stuff they've uploaded various little performance video clips from the Keeling night that was a lot of fun so shout out to you guys that honestly absolutely brilliant thank you to Wasatch uh, so yeah I have to say though whenever I went to look for actual results and stuff from the Grand Valley Highland Games um I found it extremely difficult to, to get them. Whenever I was checking the WUSPABA website, the competition results aren't listed. And I couldn't find them anywhere online. So I, I don't know who was competing and who won what. I'd seen various little you know, performance clips in that from the grass. But again, it's difficult to see who's actually playing. And uh, yeah, at the end of it, you don't know who won what. So... Yeah, if anyone out there is aware of who won what at the Grand Valley Highland Games, please let us know here in the Big Rab Show. We're dying to find out. Because <laughs> we do know some cracking bands were playing at this. So, yeah, we would love to know who won what, how the competition went. Uh, but looking at all accounts, I think that the Cayley and everything was a big success on the Friday night. So there you go. Shout out to Wasatch. Okay. Also, I have to give a huge mention, of course, to Yuspaba, the Eastern United States Pipe Band Association. Yeah, they had a competition in Smoky Mountain. And I have to say, it was so good to see all these guys on the grass playing tunes together. It was simply brilliant. Yeah, so the guys... had a grade 5 competition and a grade 4 competition. There wasn't too many bands available, but it was good to see some on the grass. I have to give a huge mention then, of course, to my own outfit, the guys that I've played with, my own band, North Texas Caledonia. Yes, because they lifted the grade 5 title and they lifted the grade 4 title as well. Go on, the North Texas! Woo! Yeah, (laughs) not a bad weekend's work for the guys at North Texas. Uh, So, yeah, lifting grade 5 and grade 4 as well. Uh, Coming in second place in grade 4 was the Chattanooga Pipe Band. So, go on, the chat. Woo! Yeah, and they actually managed to lift the drumming as well. So, not a bad result for Chattanooga. In third place, then, was Knoxville Pipes and Drums as well in grade 4. So, I think, overall, quite an interesting competition. You know, I would love to see more footage from this. I think there's been various recordings of North Texas and such. I am currently looking to see if I can get recordings of Chattanooga and Knoxville as well. I would love to hear those guys on the grass, too. So, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And I have to say, again... 
A massive thank you to the Atlanta Pipe Band who managed to live stream some of the stuff from the competitions at the weekend along with Wispaba and Yuspaba. There was a lot of social media goings on over the weekend from the various competitions. Uh, Yeah, I I have to say we are starting to see a little bit of uptake whenever it comes to actual social media live streaming type dailios. And uh, we really do hope that this will be a trend that will continue in the near future because we are starting to see the, the benefits of live streaming, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I'll just drop that little chestnut in there. It's great for us living internationally to be able to join in in these events and uh, if that is through the medium of online live streaming, then long may it continue, I think. There you are. All right. Maybe I'm a little biased, but there you go. I also have to give a mention to the guys at North Texas Caledonian Pipes and Drums because they tagged me in a picture of uh, yeah, a giant pizza with pineapple on it. You savages. <laughs> you savages. Yeah, a giant pizza with pineapple all over it. I don't know what's wrong with you people, uh, but there you go. <laughs> It's a lot, a lot of fun. Thank you very much, guys. All right. I have to give a mention then to another competition that was happening in sunny Australia. Yes, for pipe bands in Queensland, it was the Redlands competition. And I think mostly across the board, band that seemed to really dominate was Brisbane Boys College, picking up most of the prizes in the juvenile, novice juvenile, grade 4B and 4A. In grade 3, we had the Marumba Pipes and Drums. He lifted the top spot in grade 3. We also had the Fraser Coast Highlanders who placed second. In grade two, we also had the Emmanuel College Highlanders who lifted the top spot. In second place, we had St Andrews, and in third, playing up the grade, I think we had Marumba Pipes and Drums. There you are. And the drumming went to St Andrews, who finished up second. There you are. We also had a drum majoring competition as well, and it was just brilliant to see a packed list of folks at another competition. It was great to see. So, shout out to everyone at Pipe Bands Queensland and the Redlands competition. It seemed to be nothing but a roaring success. So, well done to everyone involved. There you are. All right, moving swiftly on then. I have to say there's been a lot of uh, kind of online footage of bands getting back to band practice again. And we have to say that ourselves in the Big Rab Show, we love seeing this. And if your band has returned to practice and such, and you do happen to have your cell phone with you, then please do snap yourself a Big Rab Show selfie. Here I am at band practice. We would love to see it again. We are starting to see our piping scene start to rekindle and that starts at band practice it doesn't start whenever everyone hits the grass at a competition it starts in the band hall remember what our word of the week was struggle yeah well we want photographs of you guys and <laughs> yeah we call it just enjoying the struggle i suppose so yeah send us in your selfies if your band has been at practice or is going to practice Send us in your selfies. Let us know that you're back at practice again. And uh, whether you love it or you hate it, we want to hear from you. (laughs) There you go. All right, we have to give a mention and a bit of a shameless plug this week for an online workshop that's coming up. The Atlantic Canada Pipe Band Association is holding an online workshop on Sunday, June 6th. Now, the instructors at this... Where do you hear this? The instructor is going to be teaching at this online workshop is Callum Beaumont. Stephen McWhorter, Blair Brown, Jamie Troy, Glenn Higgins, Sean Summers, and Kyle Heaney. Whew. 
That's just ridiculous. Now, for more information, you can go and check out the Atlantic Canada Pipe Band Association, and they have all full information there on how you can get enrolled and stuff, and if you need tickets and all of that. Yeah, they have a website on acpba.org forward slash workshops, and all your information's up there of how you can enroll. I have to say... This is all sorts of exciting considering the lineup of your tutors. So, yeah, well worth considering. That's all going to be held on June 6th. Uh, yeah, on Sunday. Jun- Sunday, June 6th there from the Atlantic Canada Pipe Band Association, which is not easy to say on a podcast, believe it or not, which is why I'm being so careful. Anyway, swiftly moving on to another little news story when we're looking at Canada. We have to say that the Pipe Band Society of Ontario are celebrating 75 years in the business by launching a composition competition, which again is not easy to say on a podcast or a composing contest. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so they've partnered with Jim McGilvery's Bagpipe Music Repository, uh, bag, or pipetunes.ca, and yeah, they hope to actually have a huge cash prize as part of this as well. And uh, yeah, so if you are interested in composing a new tune to help the PBSO celebrate 75 years on the road, you can go and check out their website for all details on how to enter. Now, I think um, there's a 2-4 category, 2-4 March category, which is open to everyone. And there's also a two-part 4-4 March category as well, which is being supported by McCallum Bagpipes. And, uh, yeah, there's all sorts of information up there for various different categories and things and uh, the requirements and whatnot. And I think the judges themselves will be Bill Livingston and Bob Worrell. Yeah. So, yeah, those guys have the final say. So, very interesting competition. And what a great way, actually, to celebrate 75 years in the business. Definitely. So, there you are. If you are interested, go and check it out. The PBSO are running this composition competition, which is not easy to say, uh, Yeah, to celebrate 75 years in the business. So if you are a composer, yeah, possibly go and win yourself some cash just by some composing some tunage. There you go. Alrighty. Now, I have to say there's been a little bit of a piping gadget that I know very little about, but I'm intrigued to know more. Now, you guys know I love gadgets. Absolutely love gadgets, especially when it comes to piping and drumming. And there's been a brand new gadget that I was I haven't been aware of until now, thanks to Scott Curry. Scott Curry Music, of course. ScottCurryLimited.com is the website. You can go and view this, actually. It's called ChanterMate. Uh, yeah, and to describe this thing, I, I really can't describe it. It looks like a plastic sleeve of some kind with like indentations and things. Now, to read the description of this product, it says ChanterMate is designed to protect your reeds when fitting the chanter to the stock. Get peace of mind and save on the cost and frustration of chipping or breaking a reed whenever you need it most, just before your performance. With ChanterMate, you needn't worry. It'll give you a steady hand to help you guide that precious reed straight into the chanter stock without incident. Now, I am intrigued as to how this works. I am so nervous whenever I'm handling my chanter, putting it in and out of the chanter stock. I always have this crazy fear of taking a big lump out of my rig and just going, dink, and that's it, reed's dead. Um, but I'm intrigued as to how this product works. Like I said, it looks like a plastic sleeve with various different indentations and stuff. And I'm just curious as to how it actually works. So, yeah, if you guys out there are aware of this, 
Go and have a look at it. It's available now on scottcurrylimited.com. Scott Curry Music, you guys know who Scott Curry is. Uh, It's been in the business a long time. And this brand new product called Chanter Mates, I am intrigued. Now, the thing itself is only about a tenner. I think it's like £10.99, about 11 quid, you may as well say. And, uh, you know, for people who are incredibly nervous about, you know, (laughs) removing their chanter or putting it back in again without taking a lump out of your read, this could really help, I suppose. Yeah, I'm curious. I am very curious. Yeah, yeah. Big new product. So there you go, Chanter Mate. Go and check that out. Yeah, I'm not giving it a, a plug or a promotion and all that sort of stuff. But I am curious. I love new gadgets in the piping scene. And if you guys are aware of any other new gadgets and things and gizmos that I should be checking out, then send them our direction. Yeah, I'd love to check them out. Show at gmail.com. Send us in your piping gadgets. We always love to see new products. Alrighty. Now, in the piping scene, there was one event that we were kind of waiting on an announcement. Yes, of course, since we had the announcement that the World Championships were cancelled again for 2021, second year in a row, we were waiting for the hammer to fall on the next big piping event that's in the calendar. Of course, I'm talking about the Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo. Yes, the, the the two events normally seem to coincide with each other. Yeah, the Edinburgh Tattoo is a huge event on the piping calendar for a lot of folks experiencing that walking down the Esplanade and everything. There's nothing like it. And um, yeah, we had the regrettable news that they've had to cancel for this year as well. Yeah, reading the statement, it says here, it's with enormous with, with enormous regret and disappointment that we announced the cancellation of the 2021 Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo. We have for months forensically monitored, assessed and sought to mitigate the constraints and uncertainties involved in mounting our show. However, we are reluctantly concluding that it would be irresponsible to press on and to risk the longer-term financial viability of their charity, without the ability to underwrite and to offset the potential substantial economic losses associated with last-minute cancellations obliged by changes in public health policy. That's interesting. It also goes on to say, This has been a very difficult decision. We appreciate that it's been far-reaching applications for all their staff, performers, performers, suppliers and guests. But we must act responsibly and in the best long-term interests of all. Tickets for 2021 will be refunded in full. And for those wishing to join us next year, tickets can be transferred to 2022. There you are. So... Yeah, quite sad news, if anything. The reason why we're following the news on the Edinburgh Tattoo so closely is because it is kind of intrinsically linked to the World Championship. Because there's so many elements that are very similar. You're talking about international travel and you're talking about a huge audience. Of course, you're talking about pipers and drummers traveling internationally, but also an international audience. And they get packed into the arena. And yeah... Extremely disappointing news, I have to say, but uh, the right choice at the same time as well, whenever you're talking about the long-term future of the event itself. So, 
Reading further into it, it says, We would like to thank all of our ticket holders, friends and stakeholders for their patience over the past year as we've navigated through some uncertainty around the pandemic. Their continuing commitment and support has been much appreciated by everyone at the Tattoo and we look forward to welcoming you back to the Esplanade in the future. There you are. Now, if you do have more uh, questions and stuff about all of that to do with the Edinburgh Tattoo, you can go and check their official website. They do have all the details up there of how you can get your refund or possibly change your ticket if you had planned to go. Now, the next thing that is kind of in our radar in that matter, we've seen the cancellation of the Worlds, which is our piping season done. We've seen now the cancellation of the Edinburgh Tattoo and now we're waiting on the Belfast Tattoo. Yes, the Belfast International Tattoo, we briefly mentioned it on last week's show that it may well still be happening. And the answer is we still don't know yet. We are waiting on, hopefully, a formal announcement to either say it's still going ahead or no, it's all off. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, because we have no further news on that. We did get some questions asking us, oh, you're talking about the tattoos, it's still on? We have no idea, is the very quick answer. No clue, but we will certainly try and get you an answer, hopefully for next week's pod, if we can. All right, moving on, I have to give a massive, shameless plug to the National Piping Centre, who are in the minute, at this very moment, they are promoting their HND in piping. Now, of course, on a previous Big Rab show, we did have Finlay McDonald and that on to talk about this incredible brand new qualification, the HN Music was that the higher national certificate and then there's the hnd as well it's all very confusing so you had the hnc and now the hnd qualification and bagpiping is now available if you would like to be part of the hnd course enrollments are now being accepted now and yeah i think this is all to kick off in the 6th of september when hnd students will finally walk through the doors for the first time so if you are interested by way of a shameless plug but i don't care Go to the nationalpipingcentre.co.uk and find out more information on the HND in piping. Quite an interesting qualification. Like I said, we've dedicated a rab show to it already. Definitely worth checking out. Honestly, for used pipers out there who want to get your qualifications under your belt, definitely worth a look. There you go. Now, speaking of the National Piping Centre, I also have to give a mention about their crowdfunding efforts. Yes, to digitise copies of the Piping Times. Now, we spoke about this on a couple of shows ago uh, where they were having a crowdfunder and they hoped to raise like 30-odd grand and stuff. And uh, we thought that was a crazy amount of money and we wished them good luck. Well, it seems to be that they have actually exceeded their target after two weeks. After two weeks, which is crazy. So apparently they have now expanded their target to, yeah, 33,500. Apparently 31,000 has already been raised, which is insane. So that's over two weeks worth of fundraising and they've already received 31 grand. So I have to say it's absolutely brilliant to see such support for quite an incredible cause. This honestly will help uh, preserve a wealth of pipe and history yeah you, you know the app i don't know man i just can't sell it to you enough there is a video and everything that explains the reason why they're doing this but also the reason that you should support it for future generations not only just because yeah they need to digitize it because this information is deteriorating and that there is a high risk of it possibly being lost uh, to the ether. So by digitizing it, it will be there for future generations to come. 
So, for more information on the crowdfunder, along with links and everything, and how you can still donate if you would like to and help them reach their new target, yeah, go along to the National Piping Centre. Now, as a result of them upping their target, they now hope to expand their digitisation and be able to cover other periodicals and things like that that's available in the National Piping Centre and include them to their archive. Now, this is all sorts of incredible news. Having this funding come through from the crowd, the piping folk, it just shows the level of support out there for such a venture. And uh, yeah, I honestly say that I'm immensely proud of this. Thank you to all the piping folk out there who have donated. There's been a number of you out there who have donated huge sums of money and have done so anonymously. So to you guys, you're awesome. So yeah, thank you. But like I said, if you would like to help support the campaign for the digitization of the Piping Times and Piping Today, then go along. The National Piping Centre website has the links up there to all their crowdfunding efforts and stuff, and definitely go and check them out if you can. There you are. Alrighty, moving swiftly on to another bit of a news story. Yes, Kieran Ross. Now, I think we briefly mentioned him on a previous podcast. He's actually releasing a new collection of music called the cross music collection yeah and volume one is the first one obviously so yeah volume one of the cross music is going to be launched very soon and we yeah we have very limited details on this i'm absolutely fascinated so hopefully we'll have to get kieran on a future show actually to check this out and to talk all about it and tell us what's going to be in this book. So for more information, you can go to crossbagpipes.com where I think you can actually pre-order the book right now. So yeah, for those of you who are Kieran Ross fans, and I do know there's a good number of you out there. So yeah, go and check it out. Cross Music Volume 1, available for pre-order right now. But hopefully we'll have Kieran on a future show. If anything, yeah, Kieran, if you're listening, lad, we're going to get you onto a future episode of the pod. I'll drop you a message. We'll have to get a chat for sure. Yeah, we'll talk all about the brand new book and all the rest and what's going to be in there. Uh, yeah, very exciting stuff. So there you go. Cross Music Volume 1, available for pre-order now. Okay, well, I have to give a little mention this week to Paisley and District RBL Grade 4 Pipe Band. They're currently looking for snare and tenor drummers. Now, it's been kind of very slow on bands on the recruitment drive this last while. We haven't seen many of these announcements put out, actually. Uh, But this is the first, and we're hoping it's the first of many. So, yeah, Paisley and District, RBL, Pipe Band and Grade 4 are looking for tenor drummers and snare drummers to help bolster their ranks. All ages and experiences are welcome to go and play with the band. And if you are interested, please get in contact with them with paisleydrumcorps at gmail.com. That address again, paisleydrumcorps at gmail.com. So shout out to Paisley and District, RBL. There you go. All right, I have to give another bit of a shameless plug, no doubt, too. Isla Jane Stout. Yes, Isla Stout, of course, has been really furiously busy on the promotion trail this last while, promoting her brand new book that's coming out in the next few months called The Stout Collection. Well, yeah, she has actually featured in a <laughs> BBC Scotland's Pipeline show with Gary West. Oh, my word. All sorts of excitement. So, yeah, I'm very, very excited to listen to this. So, depending on when you're listening to this, of course, it may have already happened. But on Sunday, the 23rd, on BBC Radio Scotland Pipeline Show, we will have Isla Jane Stout. And hopefully, she'll be playing a few tunes for us as well. Ah, Yeah, with a bit of luck. So, shout out to Gary West and to Isla as well. Really looking forward to this show, actually. Yeah, that'll be all sorts of fun. So, that'll be Sunday 
23rd. Yeah. Now, I did tell you that there's all sorts of new music collections and new books and such being released, and I have to give a special shout this week to Ali Levesque. Yeah. Now, you guys know I'm a huge Ali Levesque fan. I have been for years, and I've been singing his praises with his work with his brand new band called Glynn and also with Project Smuck. I've been playing their stuff over on Fuse now, kind of a bit like a crazy person this last while, but uh, forgive me. Um, so, yeah, Ali Levesque is coming out with a brand new tune book. Now, this is all sorts of incredible, I have to say. Ali, I don't think, has actually published any music that he's written to date. So, yeah, for more information, of course, you can go to alilevesque.com forward slash store where you can go and check out the various books and things that he will have on offer. As far as I'm aware, there's like two of them. There's Tune Book Volume 1 and Tune Book Volume 2. Both are available for pre-order. They're either 15 quid each or 25 quid for both. There you are. So, yeah, the book itself is just simply called Ali Levesque. I am all sorts of intrigued. As an Ali Levesque fan, I'm, yeah, I can't wait to see what's in this. And, uh, yeah, with a bit of luck, we'll get Ali on to talk about it as well, just to tell us what's in this book. So, all sorts of incredibly interested. Volume 1 uh, actually contains 35 tunes. I'm just looking at this here now, actually. Yeah, 35 original tunes, as well as illustrations relating to each tune and an in-depth description of what each tune is about. Very interesting. Yeah, so Ali Levesque Tune Book, Volume 1 and Volume 2, available for pre-order now. And hopefully we'll get Ali on the show. You never know, but I know he's an incredibly busy guy. I uh, probably won't have time to talk to us. But anyway, you never know. We could send him a message and see if he's up for it for the crack. You never know. You never know your luck. But yeah, shout out to Ali. Brand new book coming out. If you are interested, go and check out the website. Available for pre-order right now. Okay, also, before I go, I have to give a mention to Kyle High. Yes, Kyle Howe, the legend that is Kyle Howe. He has dropped a little YouTube video just before I started recording this week's podcast talking about the Blair Digital Chander. Now, of course, you can go and purchase your Blair Digital Chander from g1reads.com like Kyle did himself. But yeah, he has now sourced himself a brand new Blair Digital Chander, resulting in him having two chanters. So as a result, on his YouTube channel, he is currently running a giveaway. Would you like to get yourself a free Blair Digital Chanter? Yes, I said that, totally free. Well, then go and check out Kyle Howe's YouTube channel right now where he has his competition video up there and he tells you how to enter his free prize draw to possibly win yourself a Blair Digital Chanter. Now, the only thing he asks you for is, well, number one, your email address so he can email you and, yeah, he can send you your prize, basically. But also, he does ask, uh, if you're a piper, to tell him a little bit about your plan. You know, how long have you been playing for? Um, You know, will this Chanter be going to a good home? Basically. So, yeah, he just wants to know a little bit about the person he'll be giving the chanter to. So, yeah, you fill out a little bit of information to say a little bit about your piping, how long you've been playing and all that sort of stuff. And then send your email address and that's it. So, I'm not going to give the game away, but go and check it out. Kyle Howe's YouTube channel now where he's giving away a free Blair digital chanter. I have to say, quite an incredible giveaway. And shout out to Kyle Howe. You are awesome. And Yeah, so go and check out his YouTube channel and his website. Tons of great stuff up there right now. And uh, depending on when you're listening to this, I think the giveaway actually closes on the 22nd of May. So, yeah, depending on when you're listening, it may already have closed. But, yeah, if <laughs> closing date is the 22nd of May for Kyle Howe's giveaway. There you are, for the Blair Digital Chanter. All sorts of exciting there. 
All right. Okay, guys. Well, you've waited to this long in the podcast to actually get to the topic of the week. And you've made it. You've made it. Now, didn't I tell you, you might think that there's nothing happening in the piping scene, but... Yeah, sometimes it's, yeah, we have so much to talk about in the pod that we just can't get it all squeezed in sometimes. There are some stories this week that have hit the cutting room floor, unfortunately. So if your story is one of them, apologies, but yeah, flag it up to us. Your email address, bigrabshow at gmail.com and say, hey, you never mentioned this thing. Well then, yeah, let us know about it. (laughs) And of course, we also want to know about your piping gadgets as well. Remember the chanter mate thing? So yeah, let us know your favourite piping gadget and email it into us. BigRabShow at gmail.com Alright guys, it's that point in the show where I have to go and get myself a big cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. The British Drum Company as a young player in the drumming world that has established its reputation as a manufacturer of exceptional drum kits and it's now turning its attention to the bagpiping world. The world of pipe band drumming is represented by the Axial Range. Launched in August 2019 with innovative features developed alongside British Drum Co. International Marching Specialist Jim Kilpatrick, MBA. The stunning Axial Range was then selected by the Grade 1 Drum Corps of Glasgow Police Pipe Band for the 2020 season. British Drum Co. drums are all handmade, made by craftsmen in Stockport in the UK. The build quality and attention to every detail is second to none, contributing to British Drum Co.'s reputation as artisan makers of some of the finest drums available today. These drums are available only through approved British Drum Co. specialist dealers. For more information on all British Drum Co. products, please visit BritishDrumCo.com or follow on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. The British Drum Company. Look amazing, sound amazing, feel amazing. LoneStarPiper.com your one-stop shop for all of your piping and drumming needs. Thanks to the continued support of their friends and customers throughout the years, Lone Star Piper is now the official retailer for R.G. Hardy in the United States of America. From custom hand-sewn Gallic-themed kilts and uniforms to R.G. Hardy and Henderson bagpipes, LoneStarPiper.com has you covered from head to toe. With R.G. Hardy's extensive line of products, they have everything you need to be successful on or off the grass. If you have any questions about any of the products they carry, you can contact Jeremy at sales at LoneStarPiper.com. LoneStarPiper.com, helping champions look and sound their best. McClellan Bagpipes, from North American artisan bagpipe maker Roddy McClellan, from Euston, Scotland. They adhere to the highest traditions of Scottish bagpipe making, using the finest materials, employing bespoke design and committing to constant innovation and evolution. Including exciting new products such as the Elevation Chanter, plus restoration work on vintage bagpipes for the next generation. Check out bespokebagpipes.com for more information. McClellan Bagpipes. Born in Scotland, made in the USA. Hello, this is Scott Wood. And you're listening to The Big Rab Show. Ah, yes. Topic of the week time. And yes, you've guessed by the title of this week's episode, we are talking to Dan 
Nevins. Now, for those of you who aren't aware who Dan is, we actually let him introduce himself formally here on the podcast, so don't worry. But the reason we're talking to Dan in the first place is because he's releasing a brand new book called Peabrook is for Everyone. Now, this had me absolutely fascinated because, obviously... I'm a drummer. I know very little about Peabrook. So there's some real, real incredible information in here and some history that you may not have been aware of. And uh, this is quite an incredible interview. So, like I said, I hope you have managed to get yourself a cup of tea because this week's topic of the week is an absolute cracker. So, without further ado, let's introduce Dan to the Big Rab Show podcast. So, welcome to the Big Rab Show podcast, Dan Nevins. Dan, how are you, mate? Are you well? I'm in great form. Yeah, I've had a, a pretty productive day. Lovely Good. sail down and have a chat with you. Happy days. Well, for those folks out there who don't know you, I know you affectionately as the presenter of the Chanter Banter podcast. Yeah, is it still going or what's happening with the Chanter Banter, man? I, I mean, every time Andrew and I have more than three drinks, we're doing it again, you know. But <laughs> I suppose the big problem, not the problem, was. Uh, it was it was a great laugh, and we got to learn so much stuff, and got to meet some great people through it. But it was like Andrew's PhD, and uh, just the, the general hunt for sustainable income generally got in the way. Because both of us were professional musicians, um, although he was a student at the time. Andrew is now Doctor Andrew Bova, mm-hmm. fully full blown doctor. Um, but it, it all kind of it was happening at a time whenever we had loads of spare time. And as we get to the end, you actually will notice that the, the episodes are slightly shorter all the time. Yeah. Because we were fitting them in. Uh, things like Pipe Live were great. And we went to Winter Storm a couple of times. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Is is phenomenal. And I highly encourage, whenever we can go and do these things again, I would encourage anyone to go. But here's my number one tip for competitors. Don't drink for three weeks and then try to play in the American Silver Medal. You'll only let yourself ah. down. Um, I had a phenomenal time. And I thought, oh, this was great. I'll, I'll cap it all off with, you know, a, a, a run I can be proud of. I wasn't yeah. expecting anything out of it. But I was like, came off the boards and went, see if I'd went up there and just played Scotland the Brave in the round three, I would have been much more pleased with myself. Um, there you go, that's, that's like, but we, we did a, the last recorded chanter band ever was with Adrian Melvin. Uh, who's had a really, really interesting life in fighting. Yeah. Um, and we, we spoke to him for an hour and a half, but the problem was that we were just in one of the rooms in the Kansas City Hilton. Mm-hmm. Like, what it was like a, what do you call it? Uh, they kind of sectioned off sections of the ballroom. Yeah. And there was yeah. somebody practicing for, like, for the, the next day in the next room. So, but at the time, we thought that the audio would be salvageable. But it just sounds like three blokes yelling at each other about reads. <laughs> yeah. um, oh man, I could testify to that. I don't know how many interviews I've done like that. Yeah, exactly. But Dan, there's a great reason why we have you on this week's show, because you're actually releasing a new book and we'll talk about that shortly. But first of all, I want to kind of, well, introduce you formally to the show. For folks who don't know who Dan Nevins is, do you want to give a little bit of your piping pedigree? How did you get started off in piping, Dan? I, I grew up uh, around pipe bands. My earliest memory has been confirmed as being of pipe major Tom McAllister, tuning chanters at the Kalukin District Pipe Band. My wow. memory is of a short man wearing blue, like powder blue trousers, um, and just somebody next to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my father's been like, 
Why? The only man I've ever known in my entire life that wore powder blue slacks was Tom McAllister Jr. When Tom <laughs> retired out the Shorts Band, he turned up like a week later at my father's Kerlucan District Band. Right. And my father's relationship with the McAllisters goes back to the 1960s. Mm. Uh, but John McAllister taught my father, well, didn't teach me to play. Campbell McGugan taught my father to play. Mm. But um, Jim Smith, the story goes that my grandfather, who was like secretary of the RS of the SPBA, treasurer, in fact, of the SPBA, he wasn't even royal yet. Yeah. He was the bass drummer in the New Mains band. And uh, knew everybody. You know, like Alec Dussert used to come around for tea and things like that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm a, JK had my dad playing at something and was like, who's teaching that? And my grandfather went, oh, Campbell McGugan's teaching them. No anymore. Send them up to shots in the bus Monday night, 8 o'clock. And he did that for years. My father still got a scar on his right knuckle where he got hit in the, hit in the hand with uh, JK's silver top practice channel. Oh. It was an accident, but it still <laughs> left a wee white mark, you know. But it, it was also about 1968. So well, times go. were different. Uh, yeah, so like my, my background, I grew up around pipes. Um, and being a kind of fat, specky kid with no pals at school, it was something that I could really sink my spare time into. Um, that sounds dead pathetic, right? It wasn't that bad. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, generally, like it was just, it became kind of my thing. And I, I, I've received phenomenal kindness and brilliant tuition from the likes of Bob McPhee, Logan Tannock, Jim Semple, Jim Wark, Big Donald McPhee. And I've mm. spent the past seven years being mentored, coached by Willie, Willie Morrison. Wow. Uh, amongst yeah. others, I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to spend time mainly through the piping centre, the likes of Roddy McLeod and Willie McCallum, who, although I would never say I had, like, formal tuition off of, mm. were very good at going, have you considered? Which is right. uh, yes. very useful. There you go. Um, but, yeah, I, I grew up that way. Came into grade one at the age of 17, played with mm -hmm. the Vale of Athol. Um, played with the Vale of Athol till 2010. Bit of a roller coaster. I've been quite open. Mm -hmm. Um privately and publicly about it. it was not a very good situation for me I was uh, too young in the head I wasn't yeah. too young to do it I certainly was able to do it but mentally uh, mm. I just wasn't mature enough uh, so I, I, I found myself getting my feelings hurt all the time that's, that's the truth of it whereas now yeah. older wiser uglier I'd be like there are yeah. a lot of factors that go into a grade one band and uh, just because you're 17 and think you're good does he mean that everybody else has that opinion? That's yeah. life, isn't it? But That's I've played with shots for, for near, a, near a decade. Um, I've got a Shots and Dykehead tattoo. Um, oh, have you? I didn't right know show. that. But yeah. It's a, <laughs> again, not, not a secret, but I mean, no. who do you show it to? Slightly worried <laughs> uh, when I played in the police band that whenever we played in the rain, I'd be standing there in the police uniform with a big Shots oh, and Dykehead well. cap badge on my shoulder. Um <laughs> But nobody ever seemed to notice, and long may that continue. Uh, but yeah, other than that, solo piper to some degree, folky piper whenever it's required as well. I've got my Akeley band, the big stupid Akeley band. Mm -hmm. um, we've played all over Scotland and Ireland in the past few years, mainly private functions, but it, it keeps the brain in a kind of playing with other instruments mode. 
That's it indeed. So, Dan, you've been all over the piping scene for the longest time, and I have been following your career. I know I kind of mentioned that before. I think one of your crowning moments, actually, is whenever you lifted the World Championship with shots. Um, and I think uh, that was like the first time it was lifted in Scotland for years, wasn't it? Ten years, ten years and two days. Uh, you go. The maths. Uh, yeah. yeah, for me personally, I'm from Airdrie, North Lanarkshire. It's 15 miles away from shots, North Lanarkshire. The, the shots band were legendary in my, mm. child, my childhood bedtime stories were not Cinderella and Jack and Jill. It was the 78s, winning in 87. It was yeah. uh, Glasgow Week in Hamburg. You know, it was the tales of these phenomenal people from nowhere. In fact, one of my favourite shot stories is about when Bill McAllister, the youngest McAllister brother, left the army or finished his national service and came home. Mm-hmm. So this would be this would be like the sixties again, but that was like the big furrow at the time was oh that's all four McAllister boys back because yeah. uh, there's there's an older McAllister as well Robert McAllister so mm-hmm. there's Robert John Tom and then Willie yeah so that, four of them were out and they were all going to play in the RSPBA solos at Bella Houston which is I mean going back yonks now yeah yeah but the crack was oh they'll win everything they'll win everything and uh, Tom McAllister senior turned up with him and three Colliers. And swept it because they were all brilliant oh, and right. playing together. So these four guys oh. rock up. Oh, we've all been taught by Willie Ross. We've done the pipe majors course at the castle. Pipes mm-hmm. singing, playing well, but just that was we, and um, what do you call it? We differences. Mm. And these old boys, all they knew to do was play exactly the same. Uh, oh, so li- lifting it with shots was a huge deal for me on a personal level. Uh, that, that, probably to my own personal detriment at a certain point because. To, to quote a very, very good piper that wanted to play with shots, well, was asked to play with shots the following year, turned up to a few practices and never turned up again. When I asked him about it, he said, I wanted to join a pipe band. I didn't want to join a cult. Ah, uh, it's, it's its own movement, isn't it, really? Yeah. There's a certain yeah. cult of personality, you know, and, yeah. and that's definitely a thing. And it's some places cultivate it, some places don't. You tend to find really successful musical ensembles in any genre centered around a person. The Beach Boys, Brian Wilson. Mm. Yeah. The Beatles, the rivalry between Lennon and McCartney. You know, when one of them stopped caring, the Beatles stopped being the Beatles. That's it, and like, yeah. You can look kind of classically at different things and there's lots of drama around all that stuff that kind of... But our world's win was besmirched by all the stuff that happened after it. And it's very yeah. boring to go into, really. But no, the, the fact like... is that for us, it was, it, you know, for us, it was like, you're the best in the world. No, actually, you're the worst people that's ever walked the face of the earth. And we're, we're like, well, hang on a minute. You yeah, know, which is it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, who cares now? Years and years ago now. That's it indeed, yeah. And we're not going to get into all of that drama, what happened at the time. But honestly, it was a, it was a mark in time, I feel. You know, definitely, for sure. Whenever you guys lifted that title, it was really special. So, Dan, <clears throat> for people who don't know, you are a full-time tutor at the National Piping Centre. And I was just wondering, global pandemic and all of that, and everyone working from home, self-isolation, all this kind of stuff, What's it been like having to be a tutor during all this time, Dan? Um, it's been harrowing and yet wonderful. It's definitely the way I'd put it. Uh, mm. I suppose what I've got to say, and I suppose this is the kind of the, the public thing, the statement I'd like to make to the world is, thank you. 
Thank you to everyone that's booked a lesson, everyone that's bought anything out of the shop, anyone who has in any way supported the mm. National Pipe Centre. I am pleased to say that I have not missed a single day of work due to the, due to the pandemic. That's that is fantastic. all down, yeah. all down to people's love for piping. And I'm so happy to facilitate that in any way I can. That's amazing to hear. Yeah. So that, if anything, that, that's what we're noticing. And even with Pipe and Live continuing to run, even virtually, the, the outpouring of love from piping fans, it was just incredible. Yeah. So going forward then, you've been, well, we're now chatting on Zoom and stuff and using technology and all of that. How have you found the use of technology then uh, for tuition? Has it been difficult dealing with the internet? <laughs> it has its ups and downs. I suppose for... But at the end of the day, tuition is simply a, a, an avenue in which to pass on information. Yeah. So if somebody comes to me for lessons, I'm not just getting the information, they're also getting my viewpoint on that information as well. And that's the same yeah. for any kind of coaching you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. So I suppose from here, from my spare room, uh, there's, there is a disconnect of you are on Zoom, you are. But mm -hmm. for most people, it's been all right. What's the, the big upshot, is the resources that we can use. I no longer have to leave the room and print something off and come back. That if I want to show you, hey, here's an article from the International Piper that mm. I found on the Peter Society website, from, and it's from 1974. Here, I'll just send you that link through the chat function. Or here's go. scores for all this. There's a pupil I've got, they talk about that 2015 win. There's a pupil mm. I've got, he's a 13-year-old boy, and he's learning the, the Octagon medley. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's that way, it's dead easy to get that through because I can go, here's the recording, here's Ryan's recordings from the time. I've got them <laughs> in my email account. Yeah. He, would, he wouldn't care. <laughs> um, and here's literally just the PDF as we got it. Like, bang, oh, there you go. They are. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would also say that's not just total hubris. He's been learning... He's been learning medleys from like he knows the '98 Vicky Police medley. He knows the Sandpiper oh, medley. Yeah. He knows the uh, the old wife the Mildust medley. You know, like wow. it was just there's different ones. There you go. Not fantastic to be able to share information like that so quickly. You know, I think that's where the internet comes into its own. Now, Dan, <clears throat> there is a real reason why we have you on the show, and that's of course to promote and help talk about this brand new book. Now, whenever I first heard wind of this, I thought. That's a book for me because I'm a drummer. And the book is called Peabrook is for Everyone. <laughs> so is this for drummers as well, Dan? <laughs> for anyone that wants to pick it up, honestly. And it's, I suppose I was thinking about this through the week where I went, the, the mission has always been clear in my head. The mission is to share, share, mm. share, share. I was so lucky my whole life to... to have great information shared with me. You have people really in the know who'd be like, well, let me tell you this about this. Mm. Um, some of it, some of it you have to filter quite heavily, but, but it's, <laughs> I would say it's all been good. And um, I thought to myself, I, I am the kind of Titan Center's biggest nerd. Um, mm -hmm. So let, let's, let's be frank about the Titan team. It's everyone's dead passionate about what we're doing. We all have like special sort of, I wouldn't say we've all got special abilities with it. We all share a common ideal. Yeah. Um, but I seem to retain a lot of information about the most boring things. That that little anecdote about shots, for example, or the shots quartet, mm -hmm. like that that would be something to a lot of people just lost to time, especially for my generation and younger yeah. players. Why would you care? Because the moral <laughs> of that story is 
good fundamentals that are practiced well will always triumph over flash. That's the moral of the story. With Peabrick, it's for everyone, is to say, look, I've spent the past 10 years building up a library of information personally, and mm -hmm. I've got access to the Highland Library, which is the biggest uh, re repository of piping information on the face of the earth. Some things in there don't exist in other places. <laughs> and I've been through all that, and I've read pretty much everything. And if you come down, come down in a, well, the Grace Note factory, the downstairs in McCreator Street, and mm -hmm. sit with me for an hour and talk about Peabrick, here's a lot of the stuff you've got to learn. But I, ha I came up with the, sort of the big issue. Mm -hmm. The big issue that a lot of folk have when it comes to Peabrick, I had, and it's the whole impetus for the book, was uh, when I was a kid in Nebo McPhee, who was taught by Peter McLeod Jr., sorry, Peter McLeod Sr., and a bit by Jr., but definitely by Sr., mm -hmm. um, who was a cowl gold medalist for, for Peabrick, was like, right, son, we're going to learn a Peabrick. I was like, what's that mean? <laughs> what, what, I might go and I might go and yeah. go up and play in grade one. Like, what's the, How's this going to help me? And there you go. it was definitely a sort of point of saying when I grew up in the bands twenty six years ago, um, Peabrick was a dirty word. You know, yeah. it was it was exclusionary. It was uh, you you were, it was reproachful. Your average common or garden piper didn't want to, well didn't want to know about it. Certainly didn't want to play it. And, I mean, I have heard drummers say things about, about Peabrook that would turn your hair white. In fact, see this bit in my beard? <laughs> uh, that, that's not quite true. But, yeah, definitely. Like, But I'd also say there's a reason why people think that way, especially pipe band people. Mm. And this will be the first time, and what I'm sure I'll repeat this name several times, Seamus McNeil. Oh, yes. Pipers don't play in pipe bands. Mm -hmm. All that sort of stuff, right? Seamus put that in print, but Seamus was complicated. Like, I would say that's a, a evocative of what he kind of was like, but we also have to thank him for so much, and maybe I'll get into that later, but um, yeah, so I was like, okay, when I kind of became a proper full-time professional and was teaching people and realised that being an educator was part of the goal, the life goal, Mm -hmm. I went, well, I need to know more about this Peabrook thing. I could play a basic Peabrook. I could talk somebody through how to play the basic Peabrooks. Mm -hmm. But I was like, but I, I don't really know. You know, I didn't know it the way other people knew it. Yeah. So I started building up a collection of information and researching and things like that. And then, and then when I came to write the book, I was like, this has to be start to now. Yeah. yeah. So that leads us to the big question. Where does Peabrook come from? I was just about to ask that exactly. Where does it come from, and what is it by definition? Yeah. Well, do you know the word that's often used for definition is classical? Yes. But that shouldn't yeah. be the word because classical denotes an era in music history. Hmm. So the classical era is uh, it's not just music history, but it's art history in general, it, it, and it's linked to the Renaissance. Yeah. So you get like classical, I baroque, classical, and romantic. Mm -hmm. So, well, let's just shove those definitions to the side. And I apologise to any pedants who might be like, he's got that in the wrong order, whatever, right? But those are classifications <laughs> of orchestral music. Yeah. We're talking about, first thing you have to understand about where Peabrook came from is the nature of the geography of the Western, Western Highlands and Islands, mm -hmm. is that it's transitory. We've got two peoples meeting in one geographical area, you've got the Scandinavians and you've got the Celts. 
I mean, the Scots and the Celts, I suppose, your general Northern Ireland, Ireland peoples. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of, uh, well, let me come around to that, right? Because the point I'm going to make is in Scandinavia, you get two sort of a, a split across, especially Norway. When we think of the Sami people, what a lot of folk would refer to as Laplanders. Mm-hmm. In the Bronze Age, these guys were cutting about singing arrhythmical yoiks, J-O-I-K. So the arrhythmical mm-hmm. yoik fall, falls into a, a, an irregular rhythm pattern, an irregular melodic pattern, all based around the pentatonic scale, much like right. traditional Scottish and Irish music. Yeah, yeah. When these folk go on a boat, well, sorry, when the, when, when the, the Bronze Age was coming to its end and there was more transit across Scandinavia for these people, across well, all of Northern Europe, they started to share ideas. And there's a lot of stuff in the book about, like, well, I say a lot of stuff, certainly the first chapter sort of deals with the musical landscape of the pre-Dark Ages. Mm-hmm. They say, look, these are all the components, right? Let's get all the people in place. When you look at uh, either, well, Celtic, Scots sort of culture in sort of pre-Dark Ages Ireland, once the Vikings start coming across, which happens in the west coast of Scotland and into Northern Ireland about mm-hmm. 200 years earlier than like uh, Ragnar Lord Brook and, you know, it's way before 970 AD, they bring the longboat with them. And when they bring the longboat with them, they may as well have brought like a 747. Because all the boys <laughs> were like, let's go somewhere warm and steal all their stuff. So they did. <laughs> uh, so they went to France and Spain and they went into the Mediterranean. I'm not saying they did all this on a big lads weekend. I'm saying they did it over hundreds of years. Yeah. And that's why now archaeologists find things in the Western Isles where they're like, why is there a 1994 Sabin Red Mighty Morphin, Mighty Morphin Power Ranger in Orkney from a thousand years ago? <laughs> like, it may as well be, because some of the yeah. stuff you're like, this comes from North Africa. Why would this be in Orkney, for example? And the go. same thing happens with music. So where do you get your big population centres? Breeds trade. And mm-hmm. then trade encourages folk to travel to trade. And then they bring stuff back with them, including musicians. Yeah. And that's how the bagpipe gets to Scotland in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of bagpipes cutting about for you know, obvious reasons. It's a very sort of uh, obvious concept. If you're playing a, a clarinet, essentially, yeah. and you go, wouldn't it be great if every time I took a breath, the music didn't stop? Bagpipe, you that's your answer. Yep. <laughs> but when it comes to the music, we've got this in this uh, Dark Ages or, or pre-Christian bardic tradition. The role of the bard in like in like the Gaelic world was like a bishop, you know, a really seriously powerful person mm-hmm. in the court. Because you've got to think about the limit of entertainment is that like here's this guy that plays the harp and tells his stories, tells his parables, you know, gives his life lessons. Yeah. And um they would be singing, you know, the 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 kind of Gaelic song, which is you know, hard to classify, but generally we think of Gaelic song as being much more like the Gaelic airs you'd hear in the pipes. Mm-hmm. Eight bars constructed around a, a kind of you know, a pentatonic scale. Yeah. But these things would be much more sprawling and they would be quite dramatic and poetic as well. You know, it's, it's quite an interesting thing. And you get the, you know, mm. the, the kind of structural and tonal ideas from Scandinavia and then 
similar structural and tonal ideas turning up in Northern Ireland or in Ireland, Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. And then you get the meeting point between them that's the Western Isles. And that's kind of the genesis of Peebra to say like, right, why don't we imitate these ideas? Right, yes. I see. So that's really where that came from then. As you say, it's the movement of people, uh, the movement of cultures, and then, yeah, it's, it's the melding of all these worlds together, together through imitation, really, that formed there's, this style. Yeah. The nature of the bagpipe itself, of our bagpipe, is to continually mm. make noise from the start of the performance to the end of the performance, which is yeah. something that a staccato instrument or a human voice cannot do. Yeah. Uh, so when we say imitation, it's imitation and evolution. You take an idea and then you adapt it to the nature of that, mm -hmm. that uh, circumstance, this circumstance being a legato instrument. And then it, it grows arms and legs. But the, the, the thing that I, I noticed is it's interesting that you say like the story of Peabrook is the story of people. Because that's is, the way everyone yeah. tried to write the book. Because the, mm. the structure of it is to say, look, here's the mixing pot. Here's what we can't tell you is true. I can tell you that these are facts mm -hmm. that are true of that time, but we what we don't have before something like 1470 is a is a hook to hang a hat on. Yeah. To say, yeah. see that guy? That that guy is the Les Paul of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy invented this. And it's not really until we get to the McCrimmons that you start to go, here is a line. And what I've, I've come to, to appreciate is the McCrimmons are only one of many sort of piping dynasties. The McLeans of Mull, for example, um, mm -hmm. probably don't get the recognition they're due because, it, well, there's very many reasons. Uh, I've tried to keep it short in the book for what a lot of those reasons are. But... Um, that we were able to trace a lineage back through a certain kind of celebrity. So like Peebrich survived because of competition, but there's a, like a 250 year stretch before that, where it was the music of the people. You know, yeah, and it's a real trueness there. That it wasn't dance music, right? Jigs and reels and things. Mm -hmm. uh, the jig, for example, is French. You know, that's a yig, not a jig. Mm -hmm. okay? And then it, it it's brought into Ireland and becomes the Irish jig and that makes its way into the Hebrides and there you go. That's that's, that's what you end up with. Yeah. But, um, it, it's definitely a unique thing, but it was ceremonial in nature. I think there, there's arguments to be made about the way it's played. But I, right. I don't really go into that in the book because I think, oh, hang on a minute, if you want to learn how it's played in a specific way, mm -hmm. go to somebody and get the benefit of their experience and the, have your own experience of taking that on. Uh, as I said earlier, I've been very lucky to to have quite a few tutors, but to always have, you know, um, an experience to take away. Some of those lessons haven't made sense till now. So, um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. As you have more life experience, it becomes more, yeah, more useful. Yeah, exactly. So can I ask then, this is probably a really stupid question. All right. So forgive me, I'm a drummer. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm sure there's some drummers listening to the podcast right now. But Peabrook music is broken into various different sections. You have the ground, and then it's played again, but it's the variation. And these variations can continue on for quite a while. I don't know how many variations there is. I suppose it depends on the tune. And then it actually just returns eventually to the ground that you played at the beginning. 
and that's the end of the piece. Is that basically the crux of what a, a Peabrook tune would be? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's probably pretty universal. You've got an mm. opening scene, you vary upon that scene, you return to the theme. That yeah. concept, by the way, is as old as humans. Yeah. <laughs> so you start off slow, you build up to a crescendo, and then you return to the slow bit. In fact, the oldest piece of written music is called the Hurian Hymn Number no. 6. It's written in cuneiform and was found in Syria, somewhere in the kind of early noughties. And that's wow. the oldest bit yeah. of written music we have. Uh, there's a great, uh, there's a guy called Matthew Levi, or Levia Levi, who has recorded it for the lyre and uh, the classical guitar. You can look that up on YouTube, and mm-hmm. I guarantee you'll go slow, fast, 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 slow. Hey, that's a Bieber. That's a few, there you go. That's fascinating. Now, so another stupid question, uh, but I'm asked this quite quite frequently. Is there a connection then between Peabrook music and Cantorach? I think there is quite a, a connection with oh, that. God, yeah. Uh, so Cantorach is what we would, if Peabrook is pipe music, Cantorach is mouth music. And ah. bef- before 1760-something, I need, need to look in the book, um, there wasn't like kind of formalized scientific writing of music for the bagpipe is what the P- the early Peabrook Society would have called it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the the thing you remember about Scotland is since the time of Robert the Bruce, education has been a governmental issue. So up to the age of eight, before the Georgian era, you would receive schooling. You could read and write enough to establish if you are if you had been offered a contract that basically made you an indentured servant. You could read the contract and go, hang on a minute, this says that I'm working for you for perpetuity in my life. Yeah. So it, it was, um, you know, like uh, like the Declaration of Our Broth has all that cool stuff in it about like the rights of the one man and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Scottish people for six, seven hundred years have been kind of culturally literate. But you know what's dead expensive? Paper. Yeah, paper. The only indeed. people that had paper were in the priesthood. So the only people that kept records were either very wealthy landowners who could afford the paper and afford somebody to do all the writing for them or the church. So your your local piper wasn't going to be able to, might be able to write stuff down, but it had to sing the tunes. The misconception folk have about Cantorach is that until 1812, no, aye, 1810 or 1812, there's a reason why those two years stick out. Um, mm. But there's a guy, uh, David Campbell of... Uh, oh, tongue-tied here, right? Colin Campbell of Netherlawn was a guy that wrote out a formalised system of Cantorac. Then he popped his clogs and his son, David, entered it into a Highland Society of London and Scotland contest for the mm-hmm. scientific writing of Peter. And it won third prize. But it was so good that folks started to adopt it because there was a real hunger for a way to transmit this music. So knowing mm. like your he had bintos from your bandres, yeah. your he hearings from your rodents, it's really, really important when it comes to the delivery of the music. So like there's a lot of these movements, like um so if you're playing like <laughs> going to transmit that across you can play it someday and play it in someday but you can also yeah. say what if what if you're 70 
and your fingers can't. I'm not saying 70 year olds can't play that, by the way. All I'm saying is, <laughs> if you are a Georgian peasant who's worked on a farm all these days and you've made it, you're lucky enough to make it to 70 and you're trying to pass on your piping knowledge, do you think your hands are going to hold up to be able to play it? Exactly. What yeah. you can sing is, you can get that vocal quality of the music across. And that's are. why, so just for, for, I say this to pupils all the time, if you're standing in the station bar hearing somebody talk about the difference between the Colin Campbell's Cantorach and the Netherlorn Cantorach, don't listen to a word that guy's got to say, because it's <laughs> Colin Campbell of Netherlorn's Cantorach. There you go. There you are. That, that's good advice. And I've, that's, uh, honestly, the history of this, Dan, I could chat to you about this forever. But I also want to chat to you about the future of Peabrook Music. We are starting to see bands actually incorporating it into their playing. You know, the likes of uh, Scottish Power, Inverary, Field Marshal even. There's been a lot of top flight bands are now looking to the world of Peabrook Music. Do you think this is an ongoing trend that we'll probably see more of? I think the more people that play it, then the more you'll see it get incorporated. Uh, but, mm. you know, it goes back to Alec Duffett and uh, Inver Gordon. They had a Peabrook on their live album. Uh, oh. And Duffett wrote a score to it, aye. So I should, as yeah. I say, I didn't know Alec that. Duffett wrote a score <laughs> to it, aye. Uh, aye. Yeah, he's, he's, in fact, there's actually an interview with him and Seamus McNeil. There you go, Seamus again, uh, mm-hmm. where he talks about it. Is that there's, the, again, the big sort of performance misconception is that Peabrook is totally rhythmical. It's not. It's just broken into phrases. Yeah. So you get tunes like uh, the Marquis of Argyle. Mm-hmm. And a one, a two, a, and a three, a four, a. Now, mm-hmm. it's not perfect, but you could, you could definitely say to yourself, hang on, there's a rhythm there. If it's got a rhythm, you can dance to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I can definitely see pipe bands taking in, but it, the, the problem pipe bands have and I mean, I say this as somebody that's seen the man behind the curtain quite a few times. <laughs> pipe bands are competitive. Yes. So if you're going to have your pipe band, if you're going to try to win the worlds, there are parameters you have to meet in terms of st- uh, sustainability of performance, technical delivery, and then the music. Yes. And like, we'd all love to say, oh, the music, the music, the music. But if you can't start together, stop together, be in tune from start to finish and hit all the breaks, then you're gubbed anyway. So it doesn't That's matter exactly. how good the tunes are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it shows the ingenuity and the, in, the intelligence, experience, education of the player. There are more folk cutting about in pipe bands now with university degrees than ever. There's more folk cutting about with degrees in music, not just piping, but in all forms of music. That's true. So yeah. These folk are going to turn around and go, do you know what? Let's play Mary McLeod. I've got a great idea. But is it going to satisfy an adjudication panel? Is it going to meet the parameters? That's a whole different kettle of fish. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about designing a medley to, to suit judges. I'm saying, like, can you play it? Can you mm-hmm. get 25 guys to play that exactly the same so that it's going to be meet the, the factual parameters of performance that allow you to win a major? Because if indeed. you can't stop together, can't start together, you don't meet the breaks in the middle and you don't stay in tune, no win the major. No, that's it exactly, Dan. And words of advice there, I'm sure, for anyone else that's considering putting together a set for this incoming season, hopefully in 2022, you know, that you have to hit those marks. So, Dan, can you tell folks then, where can they go to get their hands on this book? Is it even out yet, ready for print or anything like that? We are closing in on printing. I'm hoping to be 
so the, the end of this month, start of next month, is the sort of final proofing. Uh, the book's been formatted, photos have been added, we're finalising the, 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 the front cover. I've, mm. I've got a front cover, but I'm just like, I'm just sort of lo looking for some feedback from certain folk. Uh, I'm lucky enough that I've got friends that work in like digital design and stuff like that. Mm. And um, yeah, so I'm just kind of waiting on the dust still on that. I'm trying not to get overexcited and make rash decisions. But it's very hard. It's really hard to do that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the truth of it is it'll come out during Python Live. We've got it oh, penciled in for the Tuesday of Python Live. So uh, I'm, I'm sure, like, I know you, you kind of hunt these things all the time, but, like, Python Live, what's that? We're looking for the 7th, the 15th of, of August. So I think it's something like the 9th of August. Mm -hmm. There's some sort of event. I don't know if it's going to be live or if it's going to be live streamed or what yet. Yeah. I imagine it'll be me talking about how to write, how to, I wrote this book um, <laughs> and maybe playing a few tunes. Uh, but I, I don't know about how, what the, the logistics are going to be of that yet. But I would imagine from the middle of August, you'll be able to get this book. And I would say that kind of talks are being, are taking place between all the kind of big retailers of these things. Mm -hmm. And from my own website, dnpiping.com. There you are. Dan, honestly, I could chat to you for the next hour, a couple of hours at least, talking all about pre-book music and the history of it. I find it fascinating. And I'm a drummer, which, you know, I shouldn't find this fascinating, but I honestly do. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, P-Brook's a bit like Pringles. Once you, once you pop, it's really hard to stop. See, that's it, indeed. And if anything, with me being a learner at the moment, you know, I, I've only just kind of delved into learning my first two, four marches and stuff. Peabrook music is like this unachievable, oh my God, I'll never play that. You know, I've, I've heard stories about the Peabrook high G and... <laughs> well, do you know, I think a lot of folk blow this stuff out, out of proportion. And as somebody yeah. that has historically blown things out of proportion, um, I'd say it like, I, in my own pipe, right? So I was brought up in the pipe band scene. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, things like a hunter strikes your pipes every day. I was doing that when I was 12 because my old man was like, can't believe it whenever folk can't get their pipes away, that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, so I, I, I was lucky enough to absorb that. But like with Peabrook, I had exactly the same experience. It seemed mm. like something removed from the realities of piping. But yeah. it's actually the pinnacle of what the instrument can produce. We talk all the time about playing with other instruments and doing this and doing the other. And you go, hang on. Best party a thousand years ago, a bunch of barely literate murderers up on the West Coast <laughs> got together and were like, do you know what? See if you just play for ages, right? But play a big variety of rhythms. Because mm. that's the thing. And being a drummer, I think if you approach Peabrook, especially the big Peabrooks, they give you a chance to really absorb mm. what they're doing from a place of listening to the rhythms being produced, the percussive nature of the embellishments. Then you start mm. to see it in a totally different light. And for you as a kind of learner piper, yeah. I, I I encourage students once they get to a certain point where usually once they're up in pipes, Peabrook and the practice chanter can seem very angular. But once you're up on pipes, if you've got a drone going, mm -hmm. if you want to learn about blowing your pipes, you learn a really basic melody, Struan Robertson's salute. Very oh. little technique in it, very simple to pick up, but your ear. My, my pipes were never as good before I played Peabrook regularly than they are now. And even right. with the band pipes, when I was at the police band and I was playing like seven chanters at one time. <laughs> and if you ask the boys in the police band, that is true. 
yeah. um, I had full cane going a lot. I actually, had, I, I usually had four sets of cane drone reeds going in case somebody else's went. Oh, so wow. I had to play my bandpipes a lot. Yeah. And uh, I just used to play Peebrooks on them. And sure, they'd be like, you know, the classic band chanter, dead loud, tight as you like. Yeah. I wouldn't always <laughs> say that they'd be choke free, but it allowed me to listen to the stability of my pipes, the stability of the chanter. And when you're setting up pipes for other people as well, you know, you yeah. don't want to be giving them something that's anything less than trustworthy. Yeah, that's it indeed. You know what's going to work. Yeah. So can I ask another, well, I'm asking a humble stupid questions here, Dan, but I'm sure these are questions that folk are thinking of at home. Is there any recommended listening to someone who's never looked at the, the Peabrook scene at all in their days? But what would be a good entry-level Peabrook for folk to listen to? Um, well, I suppose, are we talking like something to inspire you or something to learn? Well, that's it. Kind of both. You know, something that they can listen to and enjoy and think, whoa, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I think the first thing you should probably do is have a listen to uh, John Mulhern and Callum McCrimmon's Big Music Society. Big Music Society. Uh, the yes. stuff they did with uh, Murray Henderson a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I was saying before about the percussive nature, the rhythmic nature of Peabrook, that uh, there's a guy playing with them, James Lindsay, who was mm-hmm. below me at the BA and applied music at Strathclyde University. James is like, played with loads of big acts and stuff like that, but he's just got a brilliant mind for music. He's really mm. a jazz string bass player, but I suppose that's his, his training, but he applies yeah. it to all things. And James did a lot of the scoring for that, and he really captured something in Lord Lovelet's Lament, where mm. he brings out the, the flow in nature. He must have worked very closely with Murray, because there's a lot of Murray's um, innate sort of uh, communication ability that's yes. very evident in the music. Uh, so I'd say that, but for some like a, a tune to learn, I think great introductory pieces are like Strewn Robertson's Salute, uh, the Marquis of Argyle is another one. Although mm-hmm. that was a silver medal tune a few years ago, but wow. it's very short and it's uh, it's got enough in it that you learn something. Mm. But yeah, it's also you'll gain not something from it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Aye, but the other <clears> factor of that, of course, is and this is this is my my. My big word of advice is the first peebrook you learn will be a rotten experience. It doesn't <laughs> matter how much you prepare for it, but like the actual process, yeah. People, I mean, the first it took me a year to learn a peebrook at first. I'm talking 12 months wow. to a day to play yeah. it from start to finish when I was like 14. And firstly, I didn't want to do it, so that made it harder. Secondly, I was a bit scared of it because it, it seemed like such a big deal. You know, there's so yeah. much to learn, there's so much to like not just to to understand, but to be able to replicate. Mm. So what I'd say to everybody is, pick something short that you can control, that you can have explained to you in the simplest parameters, and see once you've got it memorized, start learning another one. Just dump it, right? Yeah, Nobody straight ever away. retains their first pee book. Right? <laughs> <laughs> There you go. That's a very sound advice there. Dan, I I think no doubt we will have you back on a future podcast to talk more about this. I dare say this week's pod will probably generate a load of more questions. Great. And uh, we would love to have you back if you would like to come back, yeah? Delighted, delighted. As I can do it from my spare room anytime you like. There you go. <laughs> 
So, Dan, we will certainly keep tabs on this. And if, yeah, once the launch details from Pipe and Live uh, are available, we'll definitely let our audience know where they can go and grab a copy of this book. So, yeah, Peabrook is for everyone coming out in August. And, yeah, I'll definitely be grabbing a copy of this, Dan, for sure. Yeah. So, Dan, thank you so much for chatting to us on the podcast, mate. I really appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully, we'll have you back on a future show. Yeah, delighted to. Thanks very much again. Thanks. Ah, fantastic stuff. That was Dan Evans there. And honestly, Dan, thank you for taking time to chat to us. It was fantastic. I told you there's a lot of great information in there. And especially for those folks out there who maybe Peabrook isn't for you, you know. But honestly, yeah, a lot of great information. A lot to kind of unpack there. I think this is an episode that you may well listen to with a pen and paper. Taking some notes, actually. I feel we've learned something. <laughs> You know? Anyway, so that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. It's quite a long episode this week, but quite a valuable one, I do feel. So, hey, there you go. I hope you've enjoyed it. Now, for more information, of course, on Peabrook is for everyone, go and check out Dan Nevins on social media. And, of course, as we hear more information about this book and its release and all of that stuff, we will definitely let you guys know. And, yeah, with a bit of luck, we'll have Dan back on a future show. Yeah, because there's a lot to unpack there. You know, the Peabrook world is a huge world and I'll hold my hands up I'm a drummer, I know very little about Peabrook so I love learning about it actually, I find it fascinating and I hope you guys kind of find it fascinating too, or maybe we have just bored the socks clean off you this week and uh, Peabrook is not for you but hey, give this book a try you know, there's bound to be something in there for everyone just like Dan says so yeah, well worth considering okay guys That is it for another Big Rab Show. Thank you so much for downloading this week. We really appreciate it. And with each and every podcast, we always like to mention about our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, you can. Go over there to Patreon, click on support, get your hands on tons of extra content. And uh, yeah, be part of the Patreon faithful because those guys are awesome. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, don't forget, send us in your weekly drones. We didn't have any weekly drones this week for the pod. Uh, So yeah, send them in to us. Your complaints, your moans, your groans. Talk about the struggle of going back to band practice again, about lifting lifting these sticks after months of not playing. Don't even get me started. So yeah, the struggle is real. Send us in your weekly drones. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, that email address, of course, for everything else, bigrabshow at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. All right, folks, we are out the door. Like I said, thanks for downloading this week. If you haven't already, please do consider subscribing. So each and every week, you'll never miss another episode and you'll be kept up to date with all the latest piping news and views from the past week. All right, guys, we will see you all right here on the Big Rab Show podcast next week for another dose of piping goodness. Yeah, and who knows who we're going to have on next week. (laughs) All right, guys, take care, stay safe. We'll see you all next week. All the best. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this week. And a special thank you to our sponsor, G1 Reads. Played by bands around the world, they are the champion's choice. Played by two-time world champions in Vararian District. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com to be kept up to date with all the latest news and views from the piping world. And also check us out on Patreon. For five bucks a month, you can get your hands on tons of extra piping goodness and be part of the Patreon faithful. 
So until next week, guys, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best.